Bright Sounds, the voice of Brightworld. Welcome back to the long-awaited season three of Bright Sounds. This is the voice of Brightworld Guardianship. I am Leah Ferris, and I am thrilled to be joining you today for a very special insider episode all about quarantine with Jenny Rumble and Lana Foster. Now, for a lot of people, the possibility of quarantining after arriving in the UK is over if they are fully vaccinated or are under 18. But there are many of us in the boarding school sector who are eagerly awaiting clarity from the DfE as to whether international students under the age of 18 still need to quarantine when they arrive from amberlist countries. To give us the inside scoop on what quarantine is really like in the host family, I am joined by Jenny and Lana, who have been working with our host families with this constantly fluctuating time in guardianship. And they are here today to talk all about the ins, outs and all abouts of host family parents for quarantine students. Hello, Jenny and Lana. How are you today? Hi, Leah. Very well, thank you. Very well, thank you. So, just to start us off, how many host families do we actually have who are able to offer quarantine and uh, how many students have they been helping out over this time? Well, I mean, interestingly, we have a lot of host families who are willing to take on these extra responsibilities. And we've got about 45 now host families. And that's quite a lot of work that we've had to put in because all of them have to be risk assessed for their suitability Mm. for offering quarantine. Um, But we've arranged quarantine for literally tens of students during this pandemic. It's been going on now, you know, far too long. Um, looking yes. back, I know, as we all feel, feel that. Um, we were using residential quarantine for a while, but we found that host family, you know, quarantining in a host family has been very acceptable to students um, and has therefore been more popular. Makes that's, sense. That's yeah. And, and host families have taken on this incredibly important role here at Brightworld. And Lana, as you mentioned, they've been fully risk assessed uh, for quarantining um, these students. So for those who are unaware, uh, what does that mean? Um, so hi, Leah, Jenny here. Um, hi. We have um, a risk assessment in place so that we can look at the host families who are willing to do this for us um, and their facilities and just make sure that they're fully suitable um, for looking after a student who's in quarantine. Because after all, um, the fact that they're in quarantine is because there is a risk um, that they could have COVID-19. Um, so there are lots of things that we've got in place um, to try and ensure that the students pose as little um, as a risk of pos- as possible um, to the host families and are also really comfortable um, during this time. Mm. No, I can only imagine it's it's a big, it's a lot of pressure, I can imagine. And it, it's very different to a normal hosting situation. You know, normally our, our host families and the students, they can spend time together. You know, they can uh, go out on activities and they can, uh, or just sit around the TV and sort of enjoy an evening together. So, uh, but now how have the families and the students coped? I'm sure there were many practical changes that the families had to make of their set schedules for dinner are they getting texts uh, are people having to ring a bell so they don't bump into each other on the stairs 
there's certainly a lot to it. Um, we have to send out some information, obviously, to the parents of our students beforehand um, so that they know fully what to expect. Because for lots of these students, quarantine is still an alien concept. Um, most of us in our lifetimes have not been told to quarantine before. Um, so we need to make sure that they know what they're expecting. Um, and there's lots of rules involved, um, which we've obviously taken from government advice as well. Um, so we have to ensure that the student is the only student in that family um, during their quarantine period, unless the house is of sufficient size to achieve full isolation from other students. Um, the student has to have obviously their own bedroom, their own space um, with their own bathroom, which is either en suite or just for their sole use. Um, and the rooms have to be able to be well ventilated um, and have windows that open. Normally, of course, um, one of the times that our students spend with host families is meal times. Um, but that, that's different as well. So students ideally will be having their meals delivered to their room. Um, or be given a space um, away from other members of the family to eat, um, so eating alone. They obviously can't go out and about during their quarantine, um, so the only place that they go is to the garden. So we always have to make sure that they have access from the host family to the garden, um, because obviously it's really important for their well-being um, Absolutely. to be able to get outside. So Jenny, um, um, just interrupting that, is having a garden one of the things that we insist on for a family to be a quarantine house family? Yes, definitely having some outside space um, so that the student can get out of their room um, yeah. is really, really important. Um, the student has to stay away, socially distanced from everyone else in the household, um, has their own cleaning products, um, and you know, really encouraged to clean and wash their hands. Um, and then of course the testing, yes. So um, students are taking various different tests um, which all our host families are fully clued up on um, and being really fantastic, helping us and the students um, to navigate all of that. It's quite interesting actually, because I've just thought, you know, one of the, in normal times when we have students going to host families, one of the most common bits of feedback that we get from families is their concern because all the student wants to do is stay in their room all day. <laughs> um, and so I guess that's alleviated that issue from the host family worrying that the student is staying in their room all day because they have to. And perhaps that is why students seem to actually be okay uh, quarantining in the host family. We haven't had anybody who seems to have struggled or we've heard that they're not coping with the, with the situation at all. And I think perhaps for teenagers, you know, being told, look, here's Wi-Fi, here's your device, you've got to stay in that room and, and stay there and not socialise is actually quite nice and they get their homework done and everything. Because it is interesting, isn't it, that this... I can't imagine having to stay in a room for 10 days. It, it would seem awful that I couldn't get out. But we haven't had any of that feedback, have we, Jenny? They've been okay with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were definitely um, really worried as well about some of the younger students um, and how they would cope. But certainly everybody um, seems to have coped incredibly well. Um, 
and you know we've obviously briefed the host families on just trying to keep tabs on the student and try and talk to them as much as they can from a distance um, and we've got our local coordinators checking in on students but yeah as Lana says everyone seems to have coped really really well and um, so that's been fantastic. As a uh, as a very indoors oriented teenager myself spending a lot of time in my room no comment if I'm still like that um, <laughs> yeah I can imagine I would have had no problem quarantining when I was their age like inside got my computer got my video games food's being brought to me. <laughs> I think it's the lap of luxury. Exactly. It's, it, unless the internet goes down and then all hell will oh, lose. no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then it'd be like, no, got to get out. <laughs> so and that's what the garden's there for. Yeah, exactly. And some of the host families that we've got have got very large houses. And actually, one of them that I was talking to the other day about hosting a student for us has their you know they would have their own lounge so they'd have their bedroom Ooh. their ensuite bathroom or private bathroom and their own lounge so really it'd be like having a little flat and then a garden to go out in I suppose the only problem would be that you know they couldn't chat but I imagine some of the host families would communicate with them on FaceTime and uh you know through Zoom and stuff while they're actually there so that they, they do get communication with the host family have you heard anything like that Jenny about how how they talk to them or do they talk to them when they're in the garden and stuff yeah having a chat in the garden and um, obviously from a distance and um, when they're dropping off meals just um standing you know a very safe distance from the door um, and just having a chat then um, and yes facetiming and um, you know we have some families um, who have their own annex attached to the house. So we've been able to have students in there um, and the host families have stayed in touch by FaceTiming and video calling so that they can obviously just check on the well-being of the students as well um, and make sure that they are okay. I mean, honestly, I think that uh, some teenagers would probably prefer that sort of uh, style of communication staying in their room anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know some teenagers who could probably do with... Uh, FaceTiming their parents more from their bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it's something we'll have to roll out for all students. <laughs> now, it, it really goes without saying that whilst there are obviously all of these wonderful things that we can do for our students in quarantine, one of the biggest worries that many parents are going to have is the possibility of their child or a member of the host family uh, becoming symptomatic during their stay. Uh, but I know we have our host family COVID plan in place uh, just in case this happens. Could you uh, explain a little more on that, Jenny? Um, yeah, so um, obviously, you know, yeah, as you said, it's a big worry um, for parents. It's a big worry for us um, that students might become ill um, when they're staying with the host family. So again, we've been incredibly fortunate that our host families have taken this on board and, you know, they accept that the responsibility of looking after a young person includes looking after that young person if they're unwell. Um, so they're all fully signed up to um, our safe plan, which means that they're willing to take care of the student um, if they are unwell and have a um, plan in place for the household in case the whole our household has to isolate as a result and um, so they will have thought ahead about how they're going to get shopping in and how they're going to manage the whole situation so um it's you know it's very well rounded um from arrival to departure um, and anything that can happen in between 
um, it's all very well covered. Wonderful. Good to hear. Good to know. And uh, now we do still have many students uh, with us from the Amberlist countries who will be joining families over their quarantine period. Um, I believe we have a we have students from France who undoubtedly are going to need quarantine regardless of their age or their vaccination status. Uh, during their stay, uh, you need to take two COVID travel tests, I believe. Uh, and at Brightworld, um, I, I, from what I understand, we've had lots of training on this sort of constantly ever-changing uh, requirement uh, that's going on. Um, but can you guys... Uh, Tell our listeners how to familiarise, how to sort of help students to take, uh, are they going to be helping sort of send off their travel test packages or sort of explain it through to them? Well, it's all a bit of an unknown quantity at the moment and we're all waiting for guidance. Um, we've been told that students under the age, or children under the age of 18 from Amberlist countries don't need to quarantine anymore. But we just need to check that that does apply to the international students going to boarding schools. I think it will do. I hope it will do because um, they are classified as UK residents because they're on a um, child visa here, not a tourist visa. So they're on a study visa and that gives them residence um, rights. So that um, hopefully will mean that any under 18s won't need to quarantine but we need to wait for the dfe the department for education to give us that in writing as guidance and i know all the schools are waiting for that as well at the moment so we're hopeful but we will still need obviously quarantine for some students because some students that we have on are over 18 and also these new as they're being referred to in some spheres, the amber plus countries, which like France at the moment, even though they're on the amber list, you still have to quarantine for 10 days. So they'll obviously need it as well as you say, Leah. Um, te travel test packages have to be ordered before they fly. So whatever is needed, we will help them and if they don't need to quarantine that's just a test on or before day two and for quarantining students that's two tests isn't it Jenny and then they can do the test release that's right yes yeah. so um and whether that will change again <laughs> um only time will tell so I always say um Sue our director of guardianships is the testing queen um, she's always fully on top of the exact testing requirements for everybody and I know has um, already spent many hours um, chasing up test results. Um, but yes, the host families will help them to take the test um, if they struggle with that. And certainly for younger students, that you know, it can be a bit difficult. Um, and obviously take, take the tests and post them off for them because the students can't leave the house. Um, so the host families have a full brochure um, which talks them through every step of the testing process, which I know that they've appreciated as well, um, and are really, really helping students to just feel um, reassured about the testing process, um, because it can obviously feel quite stressful knowing that you've got these requirements to meet um, when you're a fairly you know, young person and you don't necessarily know um, exactly how you're going to do it. So... Um, Again, I mean, I just can't sing the praises of our host families enough. Um, they've just been absolutely fantastic.
I was going to say that the risk assessment, everything that they're dealing with, everything, all the work they're putting in, it's remarkable that these these uh, host families who are uh, providing quarantine, it's amazing. It really is. And, you know, also credit to our um, accommodation team who work so closely with the host families um, and are always at the end of the phone to help them um, if they have any worries themselves. So, yeah, it's a bit one big team. <laughs> I mean, the message really we'd like to give out to our, our parents and, and agents, you know, and schools is we're not sure what's going to be needed, but we're going to keep on top of all of the guidance and the requirements that are going to have to come into play and we're ready to sort of help with whatever's needed. We're ready. <laughs> we're ready and willing to, to help students to get back safely. All of us here at Bright World owe you and host families uh, out there just a great deal of thanks. And if anyone listening would like to find out more about quarantine with a Bright World host family, you can please visit our website, www.brightworldguardianships.com, where you can find up-to-date information and guidance for students travelling into the UK. Uh, Lana Jenny, once again, thank you very much for joining me today. And to all of our listeners, I look forward to hearing from you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, Bye Leah. Thank you for listening to Bright Sounds, a podcast from Brightwell Guardianships. If you're interested in finding out more about anything we've discussed today, please visit our website www.brightwellguardianships.com or follow us on Facebook and Twitter to find out more. Bright Sounds is available as a podcast on major podcast platforms or by subscribing directly to us on Podbean. Please look forward to more fascinating interviews and discussions with our Brightwell team and expert guests. Take care and we'll hear from you at our next Bright Sounds podcast.